Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zirk. Today on River City 360, how can you be a more effective communicator? Avnish Mehta, the principal of Stand in Command, worked with the Fast Pitch participants earlier this week, and he'll share his insights with us right here in studio. Then we'll be joined in studio by Joan Suzuki, an educator and advocate for Indigenous education in Winnipeg. We'll talk about the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and how it pertains to education here in Manitoba. And we'll find out about some of the latest stories from citizen reporters over at Community News Commons, Winnipeg's citizen journalism website. All this, some great classic tunes, and much, much more on River City 360. Hello and good morning. Nolan and Robert with you here, coming from the corner of Portage and Maine from the CJNU studios. Robert, how are you doing this morning? Not too bad, Nolan. How are you doing? I'm not bad. It's a little chilly out still. Hopefully it's warming up. Um... And but hopefully it warms up a little bit for, I mean, today is Valentine's yes, Day. Yes, the day of, you can feel the love in the air, can't you? This Even this early. Yep. Happy so for, Valentine's Day to all of our listeners out there. So for those of you uh, that have that special someone, hold them close, give them a hug, wish them happy Valentine's Day from River City 360. That's right. We actually got a, um, a, a great response last week when we, we, when we talked about Portage in Maine. Um, so you went to uh, Imagine Portage in Maine, which is, was a panel discussion uh, that was standing room only, yep. basically, that discussed whether or not we should open Portage in Maine to, to uh, pedestrians. And not even so much whether or not, but starting to look at, does it make sense to reopen? Right portage in maine and what are some of the implications of doing so and and has this been done you know what uh, what challenges have other cities with similar that have been in similar situations right. what have they faced and what have they found and what can we learn from that so we asked your thoughts uh our, our listeners thoughts on and we got some great responses and one of them uh, we received was from helen here here's her message in full good morning i was listening to your sunday morning show and uh, my name is Helen Smallwood, and I listen to the station all the time. But I want you to know that I am of the age to let you know that Portage and Maine is the coldest corner in Canada when you have to walk it. And that's my advice for today. Thank you, and bye. And I don't disagree. I walk... Uh, past that corner every morning on the way to work and the wind can really whip up like it it is brutal it's very cold sometimes so i I see exactly where helen's coming from helen thank you very much for the call and thank you for listening and uh i agree as well um she's absolutely right it is the coldest corner in the city um one of the misconceptions though that i noticed uh, a friend of mine had mentioned on social media and he was thinking that perhaps the underground concourse would be closed if they reopened the corner of Portage and Maine. Okay. And when I spoke to Jason Savixe of the downtown Winnipeg biz, he reassured me that's actually not the case. So it would just give people another option if they want to get across. And there's a really good reason why it would be important to have that option. And that reason's accessibility. So... Right now, it's incredibly difficult for someone who's in a wheelchair or with mobility issues to just get across even one of the streets at Portage and Main. And local architect Brent Bellamy 
he tweeted out a really great photo essay, and we'll actually we'll retweet that on our Twitter, so you can actually see if you go online, uh, twitter.com forward slash rivercity360, we'll have that up there. But the gist of it, if you don't have access to Twitter, is that a person who's in a wheelchair has to go through this really, uh, it's, it's quite absurd actually, this network of of several elevators and ramps and back hallways and just to get across yeah. one single street. Wasn't it like 16 or 16 photos or 15 photos of different steps that you have to go through, be it, you know, a different ramp here to an elevator there down a hallway here where in reality they could have just crossed the street. Exactly. So, yeah. So we talked about this last year uh, when we went on a couple Jane's walks and one of the Jane's walks addressed making our public spaces more accessible. And there are a lot of considerations to make in the design process, but we, we should definitely also reevaluate some of the things that need to be made better for everyone. I totally agree. Um, you know, either, either you go through that or you have to cross the streets a whole block away and it just, it just doesn't make sense. So Definitely. I hope that regardless of what happens, I hope that the accessibility of the corner is taken into consideration for people that have issues with mobility and Definitely. that need to get across. That's huge. So uh, well, let's open up the listener line again. We might as well uh, request because we got some great input last week. So if you've got an opinion on Portage and Maine, give us a call. 204-944-9474, extension 360 on the uh, River City 360 hotline. So let's get to the pitch um, and communicating effectively. So we all have to do it at some point in our lives. Nolan, you and I, we graduated from the same program over at Red River College, just a few streets away from where we are now. Uh, You and I personally have each had to pitch what eventually became our thesis projects for us to graduate from the program. Right, yeah, that was uh, a little bit... I mean, it's not never easy to go up in front of your peers or in front of a group of strangers and, and pitch an idea or give a public presentation. But uh, the people at Fast Pitch are going to have to do just that. Uh, this week, we're continuing our coverage of Fast Pitch, and we'll be speaking with Avnish Mehta of Stand and Command, which provides training and consulting to businesses and organizations on how to really be the best person that you can be. Uh, Avnish joined the presenters and coaches for some workshops on effective communication earlier this week. And uh, we get to speak with him in studio all about his experience. But before we get to that, let's start off the show with a song. Since it's Valentine's Day, how about I Love the Little Things by Matt Monroe right here on River City 360. Oh, I love the little things you say. And I love the little things you do Let's stay forever together this way My love, I'm so in love with you When you whisper I love you And tell me that you're true I know I'm so lucky That I found a girl like you Oh, I love the little things you say And I love the little things you do Let's stay forever together this way My love, I'm so in love with you When we're walking together You slip your hand in mine I know I'm so lucky That I found a girl so fine I love 
say And I love the little things you do Let's stay forever together this way My love, I'm so in love with you When you touch me and hold me And kiss me tenderly I know I'm so lucky That you came along for me I love the little things you say And I love the little things you do Let's stay forever together this way My love, I'm so in love with you My love, I'm so in love with you Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, we have Avnish Mehta. He is the principal of Stand and Command, which is a Calgary-based group that does work in the corporate and charitable sectors that tries to get the best out of people. Um, so, Avnish, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Uh, that was my kind of uh, introduction for you, but what's your personal introduction for yourself? Who are you? What do you do? <laughs> wow. You know, it's uh, I am I'm living a bit of a dream right now, and, and I, I say that often, but uh, Calgary is a, a really honest entrepreneurial city and the ability to kind of find if you can find your niche and be able to to really uh, focus on on what it is that you want to do and and if it's positive and it's going to have positive change Calgary is a place that that can happen uh, it's wonderful because I feel the exact same way about Winnipeg right coming out here you, you get really that same feel that entrepreneurial on the ground uh, people are looking to improve this community and and uh, you know have a real impact um, so in terms of, of, of who I am I'm, I'm born and raised Calgarian uh, my parents are, are both immigrants from uh, my mom's from Nairobi my dad's from Singapore um, you know just a really interesting story we've got family all over the world but we were fortunate to be able to kind of grow up in in Calgary and and see the rest of the world at the same time um, my company it really focuses on and I love it you said you know kind of getting the best out of people but it is exactly that right it's focusing on individuals to uh, to develop capacity whether it's you know training public speaking um, it's really about helping people execute well on, on what they're doing so the Winnipeg Foundation brought you in to talk to uh, the fast pitch participants, both right. coaches and the uh, pitchers, I guess. Uh, tell us a little bit about fast pitch that happened in Calgary already and uh, what it did for the city there. Like how, how did it help Calgary as a city? For sure. I mean, fast pitch was a really, really great competition for us. It, it brought together. So the format is uh, it's almost like Dragon's Den for nonprofits, right? So the nonprofits come together. They've got a three minute uh, pitch to be able to share with an audience uh, and they talk about their organization what they're planning to do if they win uh, what sort of the, compa- the capacities that they're looking to build uh, and it's really interesting to see the diversity of the organizations that got involved because the number of projects that they were looking to impact uh, were just as diverse as the organizations themselves um, what we really saw and what it brought to Calgary was I think a real level of awareness of uh, the needs of our communities um, what people were working on and kind of under the radar that we had really no idea about the impact that organizations were having on our community and and mainly because they're doing it so well we 
kind of took it for granted, right? It was just like flicking on the light switch where we don't really know how well it works, uh, but we know that it's going to be there. And some of these organizations are executing that on a day in and day out basis. So how do you think it's going to help Winnipeg then from your, I mean, you've only been here a couple of days, but from what you've learned about our little town here, how do you think fast pitch is going to affect uh, the city at large? For sure. I, and so uh, world according to Avnish, right? <laughs> Based on the, you know, the last two and a half days and, and, and what I've observed is um, Winnipeg seems to be in a, in a real rejuvenation mode. Right. There, there's a different level of, of, I think, consideration and thinking about your communities. Uh, the city itself seems to be going through a transformation. Uh, all the young people that I've been able to connect with and have conversations with are really excited about the prospects in the future of, of, for Winnipeg. Uh, and, and that's awesome because that's exactly how we feel in, in Calgary as well. Um, and I think that this competition is going to be the, the, the first step in recognizing that we're going to take control of our community, right? We're, we're the ones that are stewarding the outcomes. We're the ones that are here to support um, and, and solve some of these, these, these problems, the challenges. Uh, and, and we're not going to do it in isolation. We're going to do it with collaboration. We're going to do it in cooperation and partnership with other organizations. So I think Fast Pitch is, for Winnipeg is going to be this kickoff point, uh, this empowerment piece of like, yeah, hey, we're going to do this. And this is our town now. Uh, and it's going to be very different in 30 years because of some of the work that we're starting right now. So you've led uh, a day and a half of workshops, uh, the first day with just the presenters and then the second day with the presenters and the coaches. Uh, what are your impressions of the presenters and coaches here in Winnipeg? Yeah, I, you know, one of the things that really uh, impressed me was the diversity of the organizations. Uh, and so we were, in terms of uh, who they were impacting, the types of clients that they were, that they were working with, uh, the types of solutions that they were providing, the types of problems and challenges that they were trying to solve, um, all the way from kind of that high policy governance, you know, influencing advocacy or advocating and, and influencing government, uh, all the way down to, you know, emergency beds. Right. And you, we really saw the entire the entire gamut and the breadth of it. And I think that that was a real indication of of how this town operates. Right. We really saw the number of different and interesting types of organizations that are meeting the very specific needs of, of, of Winnipeg and, and uh, people in Winnipeg. Or earlier this week with the coaches, we were, um, we were, we were recognizing the, the balance between kind of the corporate side of, of Winnipeg. Um, and so we saw a lot of accountants and lawyers. Uh, we saw professionals walking in and, and wanting to support these organizations, but really unsure how they were going to do it. Uh, I heard time and time with all of the coaches that um, they were also thoroughly impressed with the level of consideration that these organizations had, the, the preparedness, right, where they were going, uh, that they were asking in-depth, difficult questions because that's where the relationship was. It wasn't, you know, warming it up. It was like, okay, hey, let's get to work. You know, let's, let's get to this because we've got a lot of work to do. Um, and so I think that they were a bit taken by surprise with the level of um, execution that they immediately fell them or found themselves uh, in. Uh, and, that, and that's great because that's exactly what we want to be able to encourage these people to, to be a part of. We are speaking with Avnish Mehta, the principal of Stand and Command. And when we come back after the break, we'll talk to him about what you can do to improve your communication techniques. Stay tuned to River City 360. Hi, I'm Noah Ehrenberg, convener of Community News Commons, the Citizen Journalism Project, sponsored by the Winnipeg Foundation. This week on communitynewscommons.org, at a loss for words, citizen reporter Heather Emberley explores unique therapies used to help those who have lost the ability to speak, whether through stroke, accident, or otherwise. Find out how a local company aims to give people their voice back 
on communitynewscommons.org. So you're sort of a professional. I liked I liked what you said about uh, your company uh, gives and or what was it gives and uh, inspires standing ovations. Yeah, we we, we, we want to give and get standing give ovations. Give and get standing ovations. Yeah. I thought that was yeah. amazing. So maybe some for some advice for our listeners out there who just need some some helpful tips in communicating in general. What sure. what would you say to uh, someone who's just trying to improve themselves when it comes to communication in general. Sure. Uh, you know, don't en- don't emulate anybody, right? I, I think that's really the most important part is like your authentic voice. You have a voice and, and that voice is going to be shaped by uh, your experiences, uh, what you've seen, uh, your parents, um, where you grew up. Uh, have you had the chance to travel, right? Like, I mean, there, there's so many pieces there that are going to impact um, kind of what your voice is. Right. And, and I think that's a really the most important piece is kind of recognizing uh, what does my voice sound like? And not necessarily, you know, in it, one in a physical sense. Right. To feel like, do I need to adjust my register and do I want it to be deeper? But, you know, w- when I'm when I'm sharing my story and, and sharing the things that I'm passionate about, um, what is the level of reception to that? You know, and are people understanding it? And are they are they really recognizing um how passionate I am about some of those pieces. Uh, and if not, then it's about evaluating what is your relationship to the work that you're doing, right? And so being able to take a bit of a step back and say, okay, cool, well, I'm saying these things, but why am I saying it? And what is the, my value relationship to the things that I'm saying? And it's amazing because when you start really thinking about that, we start talking less and less. And you start considering things more and more. And the quality and the accuracy of, of the information that you're delivering uh, becomes more and more concise because we have a deep connection to, to, to that information. Uh, and, and it doesn't necessarily... It doesn't necessarily do it justice to keep talking about it. We want to reflect on it more and more and say, okay, you know what, how does that change? And how does that change me? And, and what was the impact on others? And ultimately, then how does that come back to, to impact me? Um, what's maybe one of the most common misconceptions that, say, maybe an introvert and an extrovert might have about one another's work styles or someone who's maybe more focused on doing a task versus someone that's more people-focused? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, generally we don't define uh, terms in the same way, right? And so kind of broad-based. So whether it's, you know, introverts, extroverts, people, or, or task focus is that we, we speak the same language often, but we don't necessarily define our terms in, in, in the same way. When you're saying I don't have enough time for that, what, what does that mean? Totally. I have, like, what, what exactly does that mean, I guess? And you, you kind of hear it all the time. It's like, oh, you know, I've got so much work to do. It's like, oh, well, you know, what, what is so much work, you know? And um, does that mean that you're coming in on the weekends and that you're working, you know, 15-hour days? And because that's, for me, that's a lot of work. <laughs> uh, uh, but if that means that you're reducing your lunches from, you know, an hour and a half to an hour, I'm not sure we have the same definition of, of a lot of work. Um, but I think that th- those, are, those are exactly it is. For us to be able to, especially when we're talking in value statements, um, is to understand those pieces, right? We, we, we will launch out in, in big values like, you know, I, I believe in integrity, uh, honesty. Um, you know, I, I believe in, in um, uh, the, the power of an action. And it's like, okay, well, you know, what does that mean to you? And, and what are some good examples of that? Uh, because our definitions of, of, you know, integrity and honesty are, are quite different. Um, and so we've got to be able to find that common ground uh, so that we can actually understand each other before we actually we move forward in, in any sort of communication, um, you know, communication situation or to be able to have clear communication. We need to define what those what those terms are. And it's not something that we do. It's like priming the walls before you paint them, you know, right. like 
put that down. Put the primer down. You're covering up the old color. You know, you, it's kind of a really a, a neutral wash. And then you're putting the, the other the next paint on top of it. We've got to be able to prime ourselves so that we know what we're putting on top of uh, of. Uh, the conversations. So fast pitches coming up in the next couple months, the big semifinals and finals. What is some advice that you would give the fast pitch presenters uh, now that you've met a few of them and kind of understand what they're going to be going up against? Yeah, you know, one of the things uh, that we left off uh, the day with was, was, you know, have fun with this, right? Here's a really great opportunity to explore your own organization, to explore yourself and your relationships uh, to your organization, to your, to your patrons, to uh, your staff, your board, right? Anybody that's really you're connecting with, um, share your message, right? Share it. Share as broadly as you can. Connect with as many people as you can to to let them know what you're thinking and, and get that feedback. Especially nowadays with social media and everyone's constantly putting themselves out there that you kind of have to just to stay afloat. Well, that's exactly it, right? And and just feeling comfortable in that, right? Because there, there's a level of vulnerability and, and, you know, we're trying to manage judgment. And if we know that we're putting the best product that we can out there at the time that it's put out, um, then we have to have the confidence to be able to just let it out there and see what comes back to us and, and learn from it. Uh, so this this first group, I think, is is going to go through uh, some real major transformations. I think we saw it over over the you know the, the day one and, and, and day two of the training, uh, but we're also seeing it in terms of uh, the excitement for where where the application is going to be, okay. and uh, and and that's it. It's just like apply this as broadly and as widely as possible, uh, and you're going to find more and more people that are going to become allies and and you know encourage you and uh it, you'll find it in the most interesting and obscure ways and, and the more and more you get it out there the better and better it's going to get that's excellent avnish thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us and thank you so much for coming down and uh and presenting those great workshops to the uh, fast pitch participants and coaches and to uh to us here at the foundation it's uh it was very, very insightful, and we appreciate you coming down. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I want to thank the Winnipeg Foundation for, for bringing us in. It's, it's wonderful to kind of connect these, the two cities and, and kind of share a lot of the learnings back and forth. Uh, I think we're realizing that the, the capital C community definition is changing, and it's changing more and more broadly. And it's, it's wonderful that we're connecting big cities to be able to help support each other. Um, this is a whole movement in terms of across the country where cities are connecting with each other, young people and, and organizations uh, to help each other develop capacity. Uh, and it's just wonderful to be uh, one small part of, uh, of a big picture. So thanks so much for having me, guys. Thank you. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined in studio by Joan Suzuki. She's an educator and an advocate for Indigenous education right here in Winnipeg. But first, here's Paul McCartney with My Valentine right here on River City 360. What if it rains? We didn't care She said that someday soon The sun was gonna shine And she was right This love of mine My valentine As days and nights Would pass me by I tell myself that I was waiting for a sign Then she appeared A love so fine My valentine And I will love her For life And I will never 
never let a day go by without remembering the reasons why she makes me certain that I can fly and so I do without a care I know that someday soon the sun is gonna shine and she'll be there this love of mine my Valentine Someday soon the sun was gonna shine And she was right This love of mine My valentine Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan Bicknell here with you this morning. And we are now joined in studio by a very special guest. We have Joan Suzuki, an educator and advocate for Indigenous education here in Winnipeg and in Manitoba. Joan, thanks for joining us today. Oh, good morning, Nolan. So, uh, Joan, first question, how long have you been teaching? I graduated from the University of Winnipeg in 2013. So pretty, pretty new. Yeah, but I would say that I spent a lot of my university career focused on Aboriginal education and, um, you know, in in the university context, there's a lot of, you know, uh, prerogative to move that forward that you don't see so much when you get out. Uh, So what did you learn on your journey to become an educator and why have you decided to become an advocate for Indigenous education? Well, I think... um, the inequity that I've observed for the Aboriginal or Indigenous population goes back to, you know, my teenage years, where I wondered why friends and associates of mine at that time were not um, socially on the same level as some of my other peers. And so it's been an ongoing sort of life query in my mind and gradually when I went back to school as a mature student it became like a central focus and I think I had to wait that long for the time to be ripe uh, for those things to be at the forefront of the field. Why is it important that reconciliation be taught in schools in Winnipeg and in Manitoba? Well particularly in Winnipeg the Aboriginal population is proportionately very high. It's so, so relevant in the city and um, I just read an article from the, uh, what's her name, uh, Janet McDonald, that wrote the McLean's article on citing Winnipeg as most racist city. Maybe it could the be the city article. of reconciliation. 
So, um, yeah, it's a pivotal, pivotal time in uh, the city's identity, not only, uh, you know, within the schools, but I think we're all looking carefully at our attitudes. So what are you hoping to change, and, and what are some of the steps that are being taken to change the curriculum in our province? Well, I think that this TRC initiative is um, <clears throat> Truth and Reconciliation a set of uh, actions that are recommended are uh, con- for the whole country. And so it's on everybody's mind to move this agenda forward. You're a volunteer on the Executive for the Council for Aboriginal Education in Manitoba. And uh, what does the Council hope to achieve and what do you talk about at, at the Council? Well, uh, that group known also as CAME is sort of a subgroup of um, an annual conference for all teachers groups. And so we're affiliated with the Manitoba Teachers Society. And our conversations this year are very animated. Um, We're excited to make those TRC uh, uh, actions uh, a fundamental part of our discussion in planning the conference so that we can bring that conversation to all Manitoba teachers. So for our listeners who have already maybe completed their education, where can they go to find more information about Indigenous education and, and about residential schools? Well, the TRC website's a good start. And um, there's uh, one video that's recent really, recently released. The ones I used in my article were at the beginning of the commission. And um, uh, the sum- in the summer is when the commission wound up. And so there's a really good uh, summary there that includes the stories of uh, survivors and nothing nothing can move a person like listening to the story of residential school survivors and um, I think once you do expose yourself to those first-hand experiences you'll be changed and you'll want to share that with your family and that awareness that you don't just look at a person's present social status and you have to take that step back. And there's a beautiful teaching. I'm also very interested in traditional teachings that the the eagle, the view of the eagle, eagle represents love. And the eagle is able to take itself out of its situation, look from afar and see the patterns and the directions that need to be taken. And I think that is what love is in this case, that we have to look back and see the history of Aboriginal peoples in this Treaty 1 territory and understand that the present situation is a result of many directions that have been taken in the past, and we have to carefully consider how we can move forward. Small steps, we're human beings, we can only take small steps as individuals, But that individual step is the most important one. You can try and change the system, and somebody can say, okay, teachers, we're all doing this. But unless it takes root in everyone's heart as a teacher and bringing that um, compassion and awareness into the classroom, that's the real place where the change begins. 
Wow, I, I could not have put that better myself. Thank you very much, um, Joan, for coming in to speak with us. Joan Suzuki is an educator and advocate for Indigenous education here in Winnipeg and in all of Manitoba, as well as an established citizen journalist for Community News Commons. Joan, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today. My, my pleasure and my honor. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up after the break, Noah Ehrenberg of Community News Commons joins us in studio to tell us all about this week in citizen journalism. But first, we're continuing our Valentine's Day theme for our music selections today, and we're going to play Somebody Loves Me by Alma Cogan right here on River City 360. Somebody loves me, I wonder who, I wonder who. He can be Somebody loves me I wish I knew Who he can be Worries me For every boy Who passes by I shout hey Maybe To be my loving baby Somebody loves me I wonder who Maybe, maybe it's you Thank you for listening to River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning. And we're now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. That's good. How's your long weekend treating you so far? Just terrific. That's good to hear. Thank so uh, we'd like to have you on every week to mm-hmm. talk about Community News Commons. So uh, for our listeners that may not be familiar, what is what is CNC? Uh, communitynewscommons.org is a uh, citizen journalism project that is sponsored by the Winnipeg Foundation. So essentially, uh, as convener of this project, what I do is I help citizens tell stories uh, that, that they want to uh, publish on the website. And these are stories that uh, could be, you know, uh, articles, photos, video, audio, and just about anything, about all sorts of topics. And it's real easy to get involved with. You just go to communitynewscommons.org and you click on the register button, which is in the top right-hand corner, and uh, you make a little profile. It takes about a minute, and then you start uh, start writing. Great. Uh, so what are some of the stories that citizens are currently telling on CNC? Well, one of my favorites this week is a story by Cameron Lazinski, who happens to be a high school student in grade 11. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he is uh, changing the world one toque at a time. Uh, essentially, Cameron tells a story of how a few years ago, uh, before he was about to go on a Habitat for Humanity build trip, mm-hmm. uh, which is somewhere in the world you go and you help people either build a house or renovate a house. 
And um, he was going to El Salvador uh, to do this. Uh, part of the Evergreen School Division was taking a group of students. And so he wanted to fundraise for the effort. So he started to knit some toques. Wow. And um, he sold them. And he raised money that way. And he realized this was a great way to actually raise some money for uh, a good cause. Right. And so he went on another bill trip, um, uh, this time um, to uh, Portugal, I think it was. And, uh, and now he's planning a third bill trip. Jeez. And um, he's doing this all or least a good portion of it just by knitting toques and raising the money doing it that way. So this young man has been to multiple countries building houses for Habitat for Humanity (laughs) and is knitting toques to raise money for the, like, what an incredible human being. Yes. A terrific, uh, terrific story from a terrific, uh, what I call citizen journalist. And uh, I think it's a great uh, story for our listeners to take a look at. So any age too. Yes. Young or old is ready for CNC. uh, For sure. That's great. What what else is happening? I'm I'm intrigued. Oh, uh, another story that I really liked uh, this week um, is coming from a citizen reporter who's actually been reporting stories uh, for Community News Commons for a few years now. Uh, her name is Heather Emberley. Oh, yeah. And uh, Heather writes a story called At a Loss for Words. And essentially, she looks at a local um, company that... Um, uh, takes a different approach or, or, or different types of approaches to speech therapy. And so uh, when people hmm. uh, have lost the ability to speak, either through a stroke or through accident or through some sort of, uh, maybe maybe it's autism, whatever it may happen to be, they uh, this this particular company called Speechworks Incorporated that's here in Winnipeg, uh, they have a very unique approach to helping people find their voice again. And so uh, I really think it's a story that um, would uh, resonate with our listeners yeah. and would uh, and I think people would be interested in in um, in, in uh, cool. reading this. Uh, it's called At a Loss for Words, and that of course on communitynewscommons.org. That's great. So, are you heading to uh, Festival du Voyageur this Absolutely. weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I understand. Oh well, for for some context, uh, we like to ask you to bring us a local song or a local band or just a band that maybe our listeners might not have heard of. So uh, I understand this particular band mm-hmm. is being inspired by the uh, Festival. French Festival de Voyageurs. Exactly. One of the acts uh, that we'll be keeping busy throughout the festivities is uh, Justin Lacroix. And um, he is going to be on a bunch of stages. Too many for me to mention. Right. Uh, he's a bilingual pop rocker. And um, his band uh, is going to uh, be at all sorts of different venues. One of them would be the Showcase for Industry and Fans um, on uh, February the 19th. Uh, then he's at the Festival Sugar Shack on February the 21st. There's quite a few... Uh, if you can get into the sugar sugar shack, there's always a line up to the <laughs> sugar sure shack. And, and you know, one of the tunes actually that Lacroix, it's called uh, Tout dans ta tête, is currently charting on Canadian French music charts. The tête, Char- that's the head, right? That's correct. I don't know yeah. much French. And um, it's, um, it's, it's slated to release, he's slated to release new singles next month, and he's preparing to record a full-length bilingual album in the fall. So Great. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we've got a special little uh, festival de voyageur treat for you. Um, it's Lacroix's unreleased song oh, cool. called A Jamais, um, which is from uh, the album of the same name. So this is Justin Lacroix with A Jamais on River City 360, 93.7,
piétiner tout ce qui me gêne Au moins m'agripper Mais Justin Serre avec les jambes Guide avec ton âme Tu y arriveras À jamais le chalet je reste That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. Thank you very much for listening, and a big thank you to all of our guests this week. If you want to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes or subscribe to our podcast, please visit us online at rivercity360.org. That's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your thoughts about anything that we discussed on today's show, or if you have some feedback about the program, or even if you'd just like to request a song, please give us a call on our listener line and leave us a message. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. So call 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and be sure to tune in next week at 8.15 for more views and news from around Winnipeg. Have a great Sunday and a wonderful Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm.